0: Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boye, and I'm so excited to share with you some incredible interviews with wonderful entrepreneurs, business owners, and amazing people in my life that are practicing gratitude, self-love, and living with kindness. I also sprinkle in a few solo episodes, and occasionally you'll see family members join in for the fun as well. Hi friends! Before we get into today's episode of the podcast, I wanted to have a little conversation about your holiday shopping. So have you started getting ready for this holiday season? I know it's going to be different than other holiday seasons before and I really want to encourage us all to shop local whenever possible. That means I'm inviting you to take a look at my shop at wakeupwithgratitude.com. So I love to take photos of my local environment. I live on Vancouver Island, one of the most beautiful places in the world. And I just am so passionate about sharing my photography. This year I created a calendar for 2021. It's called Lanceville landscapes. Lanceville is the little seaside village where I live and there's access to so many beaches right outside my front door. So I've put some of my favorite images into a calendar for you. So you can head right over to my website and the calendar is available for you there. I do ship uh, across Canada for a flat fee and I would love to have my pictures hanging on your kitchen or your office wall for 2021. And even if you're not shopping from my store this year, please, please reach out to your local shops, especially the smaller, you know, one or two person owned businesses, because a lot of them are really struggling right now. And just purchasing holiday gifts from them might actually make a really big difference for them to be able to survive into 2021. So here we go with another brand new episode of the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. If you ask yourself today, would I be happy doing what I'm doing right now for the next 20 years? What would your answer be? Dr. Ken Keyes knew from a young age that he was meant to be a speaker. He grew up on a dairy farm and realized that he wouldn't be taking over the family business after asking himself that critical question. Today, he is the president and CEO of Consulting Resources Group International, or CRG. He's authored four books and has recorded over 200 episodes of The Secrets of Success with Dr. Ken Keyes' podcast. We explore how personal development has changed over the years and how gratitude is a critical part of the work that he does. Dr. Kai's purpose is to live, lead, and work on purpose. Don't forget to download your free ebook, The Quest for Purpose, at drkenkeys.com gratitude. The link is in the show notes, and please um, be aware that his last name is spelled K-E-I-S. So please check out kenkeys.com/gratitude for this wonderful gift for our community. Hello and welcome to the Wake Up with Gratitude podcast. I'm your host Julie Boyer and this morning I have a very special guest with us. I'd like to say hello to Dr. Ken Keys. Hello friend.
1: Ah, good morning, Julie. Or afternoon um, or evening, depending on when you're watching this, right?
0: Exactly. But we're actually in the same time zone because uh, Ken is actually uh, in Vancouver area of British Columbia and I'm over on the island. So it's fun to you know be working with someone who is actually in the same time zone as me, which is amazing. And I'm excited because um, Dr. Keys is the president and CEO of Consulting Resource Group International, also known as CRG. And first of all, you definitely want to be checking out the work that they're doing in leadership and in coaching. It is phenomenal. I'm so excited to have him as a guest today. He's also authored four books, and make sure you stick around to the end of the podcast because he does have um, something special to share with us regarding one of his most recent books. He also is a podcast host. So his podcast is Secrets of Success with Dr. Ken Keyes and he is actually a very experienced podcaster and i'm excited to hear about that part of his story as well but before we kind of dive into all the bits and pieces i was wondering if you could share a little bit about your story uh, you know about how your business has become what it is today because mm. to me it's super exciting and i i also want to mention i love the work you're doing in leadership so love to hear from you.
1: Well thanks Julie and thanks for having me on and uh, welcome listeners and hopefully we create some value for everybody and energy so that you feel better about yourself at the end of the show versus the beginning or at least you had an idea concept that supports you. So uh, I started you know I just woke up one morning and the four million words of content Julie were here. So uh, of course not. I actually grew up on a dairy farm. So I grew up in a dairy farm. I'm the first born male, third generation, Eastern European descent. And one morning I kind of got up and I said, you know what? I really don't like working with my dad. So after two years coming back from ag college, I left. I started working for the Federal Department of Agriculture. And then I actually started my own dairy farm a few years later. So it was about 6.30 or maybe 5.30 in the morning. I got It was a May morning. The sun's coming up like it is this morning. And I looked out the window and I asked myself this question, Julie. I said, you know, if I was doing this 20 years from now, would that be okay? And I said, no, 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 no. I was good at it. I enjoyed it. It was part of my background, my heritage. But I knew when I was 16 that I was supposed to be a speaker. So I moved in. Even when I had my dairy farm, I had already started my own sales training company way back in 1989. So I went from being a sales professional in the agricultural field into being a sales franchisees for a thing called Achievers International. And then one morning, or not one morning, but one incident, I'm in Ontario, Canada, which, of course, those of you listening, that's a five-hour flight away from me. And my brother phones me and says, oh, by the way, you're a milker who's milking your cows at your herd as quick today. What do you want me to do? I said, what? But I was well, obviously, this isn't going to work. So, you know, just trying to do both wasn't really something that was sustainable, and so I transitioned over. Now, you mentioned I am president of Consulting Resource Group. That was founded by Dr. Terry Anderson in 1979, Mm -hmm. and the reason the company was created is that he was a professor at a local university and really didn't like, uh, there were personality assessments out there, and he was using Myers-Briggs with his students and said, you know, this isn't really what I want for my students, and so then we had DISC for our students, And then that didn't work either. So we created our own tool. And so that was way back in the late 70s, early 80s that that occurred. And I got connected to the company in 1990. And then from there, started to get involved. And then uh, um, was one of their licensed associates. So we have channel partners around the world. We're now in 30 countries, 12 different languages. We have 4 million words of content. We have 12 assessments, 10 assessments that lead into 12 uh, reports. And so I was with the company for a while, but had an opportunity that really, I mean, I believe in divine intervention. That's the only way you can explain it, where I ended up being with another person, the sole source contractor for Chrysler Canada for all their leadership and soft skills for nearly a decade. So it it turned into what we had 12 full-time trainers. Now, the sidebar to that, Julie, is I was on the road 300 days a year for almost seven years. Six, seven years. And one year, I had 150 airplane flights. Like, those were segments. Those weren't days away, but that's how many flights I had in one year. Now, it almost cost me my marriage, but there was something that occurred uh, called 9-11. And the day after, or the week after that happened, Chrysler canceled our, our multiple seven-figure contract. Now, it's, it was a silver lining for us because we were the one of the number one CRG associates or channel partners. We were using their assessments in all the courses, not all the courses, but many of the courses that we're producing. So I came and I shifted my mindset, Julie, from being a speaker who wrote to an author who speaks Mm -hmm. and bought the company. And CRG really is positions itself as a publishing company. And then I spent the next 10 years because company was really almost an absentee ownership situation. 10 years revising all the content. So a decade of going through and writing it. Now, for the listeners, a sidebar. A lot of times things happen in life where you were talking about gratitude and thankfulness. There are some people that are actually the opposite. So I had a grade nine English teacher said that you will never amount to anything, Ken, because you can't read or write. Well, I'm of the age when I went to school, there weren't any computers. So when I was doing my MBA, it was discovered I was dyslexic. So no wonder I struggled with spelling and writing. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons that I didn't write is I never believed that I could. My grade nine teacher told me that I wouldn't. So this idea that I would be an author of 4 million words of content, over 500 articles, all these assessments, no way you would have convinced me, even in my late 20s, that that was something that was on the horizon. But when I discovered that I had this dyslexia, it started to explain sort of that, challenge and that i didn't really like spelling and then you know the invention of word was a, a beauty for me so this little red line that said oh by the way <laughs> uh that is not spelled that way and so if i have words that are mixed around today's interview it's still there if i have to concentrate for certain words so that's really been the journey and then now here we are i've owned crg for nearly 20 years uh, of really moving into this publishing and now i train and certify other professionals from around the world on our content. Our personal style indicator is now the number one rated personality assessment in the world by participants. So this is kind of the accolades. We're also ranked one of the top three providers of leadership development by HR.com, beating out Disney University and Kenneth Blanchard Training. So those are humbling kind of situations. I say, whoa, okay. Um, uh, but it's just an honor to serve. And my purpose in life is to help others to live lead and work and purpose. And the final part of my story is I hired a coach in 1989. So Seattle's about what, two and a half hours south of us, Julie, something like that. And this is before coaching was big. And I knew that I was supposed to speak, but I didn't really know about who and what. So I hired Mike McManus for six months and I drove down there every month and met with him. So it's two and a half hours each way to go through this coaching process to bring clarity to my life. And we know all the research is there. You know, if I'm going to have gratitude and thankfulness, that's also going to come out of this heart of, or this mindset of clarity. I know that I know that I know. And that's our work. Our work is to help you to create self-awareness, that creates self-management, that leads to self-mastery. In all areas of your life, because I also have a diploma in nutrition and genetics. So we do work in health and wellness as well. So that's the short story.
0: <laughs> There's a lot in that story and a lot of your story has gone into your work in the future and that's what's really cool is sometimes we don't know when we're in the story where the lessons are what the learnings are and how mm-hmm. it's going to really impact who we become in the future. I want to say one thing that I find really impressive but also powerful in this day and age is that you've been with the same organization for 30 years and you've been president for how many years? You said 20? Yes. So that to me also says that you must, I'm making an assumption, but you must love the work that you do because why would you stay with an organization for so many years, you know, if you didn't really love and weren't passionate about your work? And I find that something really refreshing today Mm. to meet somebody who has an investment, a long-term investment in the company. And what would you say, like, how 20 years, does it just feel like it went by in a blink of an eye? Or is it because, you know, you've had a lot of hand in how the company grows and stuff?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, and it's interesting you mentioned, you know, ask the question because, you know, my work around life purpose in the book, The Quest for Purpose, which is my latest book, um, it, part of the, the, I'll say that the sad situation of society is that the majority of people really are not engaged part of what you're trying to shift for people around gratitude and thankfulness now one of my mentors and one of the people who actually allowed me to put some of his content in my book is dr martin singelman from learned optimism and when his organization did a study said what were what was one of the number one traits of people that had well-being well one of the top three is thankfulness mm-hmm. and gratitude yeah. and not that long ago uh, I was in Dallas speaking in a conference, and I've done three thousand paid presentations in my lifetime. Wow. And I, there was a room about I don't know 175, 200 people in the room. Finished that session, and I said to myself at that time, "It says I've never enjoyed this more." And so, part of what we're teaching is, and for those of you that are listening, you know, not every day is like that. I've had days in the last six months where i said enough of this i'm ready to quit (laughs) just the challenge of business in the environment that we're in while Mm -hmm. we're recording this but that notwithstanding you know the ability to help people shift to get better to be better this is fulfilling as a life purpose so my purpose is help others to live lead and work on purpose and to really do that holistically And yes, it just continues to thrive. Now, the other thing is life has really changed for us. One of the reasons that I had so many airplane flights is one year I committed to Detroit from Vancouver for a year, every week. And the reason is, guess what, Julie? There was no email, right? Yeah. No zoom (laughs) meeting. Hey, everybody listening. There was a life before email. Now I still consider myself young and vibrant and energized and all those kinds of things. But one of the reasons we went there is we're developing this entire course content and we're in the room with the other course developers. And then next door to us were the people that were working on Macs (laughs) before Apple to do the desktop publishing. And we did that every week. And I even remember the flight numbers. I I left on flight nine nine four Sunday at four o'clock, and I came back on flight nine five nine nine five, three o'clock out of Toronto uh, every Friday. And so, uh, if you do that for a year, I knew some of the. I actually flew sometimes more than the pilots.
0: It you know what's so interesting is that I you talk about where we are right now in the in the global pandemic, and one thing you mentioned in your story is you were traveling three hundred days of the year. When 9-11 hit which i remember i remember exactly where i was i was actually working in the corporate world uh, i used to work you know in corporate we were in we were actually in an online meeting which back then was actually pretty rare mm. and we were trying to watch like live feed which didn't really exist in the time and the, the the images were coming through all spotty but i remember that moment of course very intimately but here we are today and like you said the past six months It's a very different situation, but in some ways it's very much the same in terms that our travel has been shut down. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we don't really know when that's going to change. You know, the rules have actually just changed for Canada as of today, you know, in regards to travel to Europe. So, again, we're at a point where we have to really learn to use these tools, like you said um, you know, when I first, I've been in business for 15 years. There was definitely no Zoom meeting. We barely had Facebook. Mm. I mean, it was a very different world. So, having been through a crisis where you couldn't fly, that changed your business so many years ago, how does that help you get through what you're going through right now with a pandemic?
1: Well, I don't like the word pivot. Everybody's using that. No. But it's, but, but, <laughs> me uh, neither. Um, me neither. Part of it is just we were already. Moving to creating online courses for our content. Okay. We were we were I had filmed our first course in 2018 But we hadn't really expedited the development and putting on the platform and setting it up. So however since that time we have now will have the fifth course up and running within three weeks of this recording time Yay. so we have moved towards that our plan is to actually have all our live course content into the online world within the next 12 months. So part of what's happened is we, we joked about, there was no email. Well, all of a sudden then there was email. And then, so, um, my business has been the same, but how it is engaging the world continues to update. So example is when I bought consulting resource group, all our psychological assessments and tools were in print. They weren't online. So I've spent hundreds of thousands, in fact, millions of dollars now working with developers to take all the content and put it into the online world. Now, when I bought CRG, there was nothing that was online in part of what I had underestimated. Everybody says, well, uh, technology is cheap. No, it's not, it's absolutely not. It's seven figures of losses in the online world for me as far as just the development of tools and then having to abandon that design and doing it again and of course, it was just trying to find itself. So it continues to shift. Yeah. Uh, I think some people, even though we are recording this on Zoom, some people are tired of, of call a the Zoom world. I believe that high touch is still critically important. This is a great um, medium mm-hmm. to be able to reach people, but at the same time, it shouldn't be 100% of our world. So we're switching to that. The other thing is, I've always believed in partnerships. And it seems that because of what's occurred, the openness to do partnerships around the online training side has just grown. And the openness of people who wouldn't talk to me three years ago now is, yeah, Ken, do you have time to talk? So part of, as a, you know, a smaller company internally, like we have 12 contractors that work around us for various things like editors or our podcast editor or yeah. our social media person th- these kinds of things but what we really see going in the future is that it's partnerships with the with like-minded individuals yep. that are going to grow your business so we are just i can't go into the details but we're just in the middle of closing or launching you know two major partnerships that have the potential to net the company more in a month than we did in the last 10 years in business. And so we we're so we're looking at that. And so you have to have patience around it. Sure. So, uh, the one partnership has now been 10 years in the making. So
0: So you're a 10 year overnight success. Is that what
1: exactly is what it was. And I still remember
0: the 10 year overnight success, right? When I
1: got into this industry, I said, no, no, I don't need that 10 years. Now what happened for me about five or six years ago? So, I bought the company, and then we do a three-day, highly intensive, in-person certification training on all our content. So we go for 14-hour days, but it's highly interactive. The participants really go through transformational experiences. Now I forget what my story was. Oh, well, I'll come back to it. I I had a point to it, but it's just that um, that's the honor of serving in that space and helping people there. And the point of the story will come back to me. I don't know where it it just, it just.
0: Well, we were really talking about how business has really changed. So meeting together for 14 hours might not be accessible today. And it's interesting that you talk about Zoom because I actually have been using Zoom since 2013 and when i started using zoom because we were we talked about start meeting there was Mm -hmm. start meeting and go to meeting and all these other ones and i adopted this new technology of zoom and Mm. i've been really so i moved speaking of ontario i'm from ontario and moved to bc three years ago and i was already using zoom as a business tool thank goodness Mm. because being so far away from where the majority of my team is I really needed that technology to be able to build my business. But it is really interesting how there's this, there is the fatigue of being on video and watching yourself speak. For me, when I do a meeting like this, when it's one on one and we're recording, I get energized. I get a lot Mm -hmm. out of this and I love it so much. When it's the big, like, you know, 50 people or more and everyone's looking at, that I find really, really exhausting. So what mm-hmm. I did is, um, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, I was doing a lot of these group things and within a couple of months I just stopped. And I remembered, and I think this is important is to remember, you know, what, you know, you talk about nutrition and all those things as well, which is a huge part of my life too, which is a very interesting coincidence, but you know, taking care of ourselves first during this time and learning and understanding that mm. our business has to go, has to de- likely change and what direction is it going to change? And that's going to serve, you know, me as the business and also my clients. So how, you know, I don't know if you want to get back to that story about how you're training people now, but I'm just guessing that's changed quite a bit.
1: Well, the I haven't really figured out how to, uh, port the live three day certification yeah. into the online world. And the reason being is a very high percentage of it is partner, interactive partner work in group work that happens okay. in personal and you know in person now I know that you know there are many platforms that have okay breakout groups and go over here and do it mm-hmm. we go out for dinner together and we have some wine and 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 then we actually have a, a, a game board that we play we have a game we play mm-hmm. and people are rolling dice and doing all these kinds of things well that's nearly impossible to duplicate in the online world so we'll see Uh, where this is going to go with the rest of the content. Yes, that's, of course, where we're creating uh, the online learning modules, (coughs) excuse me, and just uh, how we can reach the different people out there. And and of course, the marketplace is, as I said earlier, more open to this as an option, uh, as a consideration. In fact, I just had a client who was doing live training using our content, and just they basically put that on hold for six months and said, what, what are some of the options we need to talk about? Yeah. I have done a fair amount of virtual training. So where, okay, I'm on camera here like this, and then doing what I would do in a live format with the group, wherever that group might be.
0: And that's, that is part of learning and growing how we build business in a time we've never been in before. I wanted to ask you about your podcast, though, because you started your podcast, you said, about six years ago. And I'm curious because, you know, six years ago, podcasting was still, I mean, it Mm -hmm. actually is still a relatively young medium overall. Mm -hmm. But what was it six years ago that prompted you to decide to do a podcast?
1: Well, interesting enough, it was a dentist. Oh, Um, A dentist had created some audio files on his site and he said, I have the, he has a specialty. So he was doing, I think, uh, dentistry, you know, just really stating whiten your teeth and maybe some implants and that kind of stuff. And so what he said was, he says, "Uh, please listen to these audio files first before we have a meeting. And that would be, so basically he used the audio files for taking 20 minutes out of the call to give the basic conversation with us. And I said, okay, well, that's a great way. So really the podcast started as a medium to work with our licensed associates around the world and interview people who have been successful with our company and our tools. And so, okay, well, let's interview Julie, let's interview Ken, let's interview whoever. And that's where it started. And then from there, now we had um, trademarked Secrets of Success Uh, nearly 20 years ago. Uh, In in 2001 or two, right after that 9-11, I got involved with uh, doing speaking with Mark Victor Hansen and Robert Allen. So Mark Victor Hansen being chicken soup. And so um, part of that was we were thinking about a a book series that was called Secrets of Success. Excuse me. Sorry, Julie. And uh, so we trademarked that, and I said, well, let's just bring that into the podcast. And so uh, because audio conversations, as we're having right now, this is not something I've ever had to work at. It's been something that's been easy. So I just said, well, let's just have that medium and then that, uh, and interview people. Now, one other thing that happened, I even forget what year it was. But there was a gentleman named Harv Ecker that had oh, yes. all, <clears throat> all these training courses. And So I was yes. on the stage did a couple of presentations for Harv, uh, Julie.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. I was very involved with uh, Millionaire Mind Intensive and all of that back in 2007, 2006, 7, and 8. I mm-hmm. was really involved with that program. So, Oh, that's so interesting. Small world. Connection. So-
1: So one of the things that Harv had is, of course, when he was doing selling from the front of the stage, he always had these bonuses. Yes. Well, these bonuses were these audio interviews with other experts. And Andrew Starts, Steve Barber used to do them. And then Andrew didn't want to do them anymore. So then Harv hired me to be the host of the audio magazine. So I did that for a couple of years for them. And those were always interviews that were 58 minutes long because a CD would hold 62 minutes or something. And there was an intro. So we all, so I would interview people like Mark Victor Hansen or Robert Allen or others that, um, that Harvard was going to have on the stage. And so I, I always had this sort of natural interaction and this ability to interview. Even when I was in my, as a teenager, I was the person asked to be the MC of many local banquets. Because, you know, an MC can make or break an event. 100%. And I always have the energy and yeah. the intuition and just, uh, I don't tell jokes well, but we can have some fun and a sense of humor is different, right? Yeah. So uh, people, once they saw me on stage to lead a banquet, then all of a sudden, well, Ken, can you help me with this one or this one? Right. So I've always been comfortable in the verbal world. And I think part of the reason, Julie, is I didn't believe I could read or write. So then I overcompensated with the verbal prowess. Now that's a natural gift I have anyways, but that was part of where that led to. And then just said, hey, podcasts, doing interviews is easy. Like it's not even work on either side, as a host or as a guest, it's just something that it's a natural flow and and hopefully it just seems to be easy peasy, right?
0: Well, I love, I actually love this. And I will say that I've become a better interviewer. You know, I'm in the eighties of my podcast now. So I've interviewed probably around 60, maybe close to 70 people. And it does become, you know, interviewing is a skill. And the cool thing is, is you can become a better interviewer with practice. And you know, what's so interesting is I likely heard your voice on those CDs for many Mm -hmm. years. I had a whole iPod Loaded with all the content from Harv Ecker. So you have likely been in my earbuds uh, long before we actually met.
1: And you didn't even recently. know it, Julie. Man, oh, that's so good. You cool. have to go back and check those, right?
0: Oh, I will for sure. So uh, I really am excited. You have a special offer for those that are watching and listening. You are offering a, a copy of your book. So tell us about The Quest for Purpose.
1: So the Quest for Purpose is my last and latest work. Basically, it took me 30 years to kind of get there. It is actually the roadmap, part of it, the roadmap I went through with Coach Mike in 1989. So Coach uh, Mike created a process called Source. I then um, have been working on this and accentuated it and it helped it. And I've been speaker in the career field for, you know, 25 plus years. So I said, I need to take this roadmap and put it in the book. And so what it is, it's a step-by-step process. It's an interactive book. So there's journaling, there's assessments, there's questions, there's teaching. So all sort of three components to help you to bring clarity to your life. I mean, the last research is that the majority of individuals uh, dislike what they do from I let irritate the loath. I mean, the number is over 80%. So really what this book does, if you're willing to do the work, the book requires work. Uh, An effort, and I said, "Well, where would you be in a month from now, or two months from now, or three months from now if you didn't do the work? You'd still be unclear, right?" So that is what we're offering. It's an ebook. You can go to my speaker site, which is Ken Keys K E N K E I S dot com slash gratitude. I don't know where we came up with that. It's a hidden (laughs) URL, and then you'll be able to get a free download of the e version of the book. And then if you have questions or follow-up, we're actually going to be launching, probably by the time this comes out or very soon after, uh, an e-course around the book. Wonderful. So that'll be uh, up and running uh, very, very shortly.
0: Well, I've already already filled in my information to get the copy of the book because I'm very excited. And also, I noticed that if you wanted the paperback copy, all you have to do is pay for shipping costs. So... I think that's fantastic. I love the way that you're using your book to get your message out, which is really, really important. And that's a really great way to help people do the work. And I really mm-hmm. appreciate that it's a workbook and not just to tell you how to do things, but you actually have to do the work. So I'm going to commit to doing this work because
1: mm-hmm.
0: I've i done a lot of similar types of things, but I feel like it's one of those things that you continually want to check in because I, I, where I am today and what I'm doing today is not Mm -hmm. the same as where I was two years ago. And so, you know, revisiting that I think is great. And you mentioned that there's, um, some really important, um, parts in the book around gratitude and thankfulness as well.
1: Well, I have 10 character traits and one of the 10 character traits is this gratitude and thankfulness Is that if I'm going to live on purpose, then what are the belief systems or character traits that I need to embrace? So some of the other ones beside gratitude are things like being a continuous learner, uh, forgiveness. Uh, So these are some of the components that are linked back to, okay, so I know my purpose, but. I don't have gratitude or thankfulness. Well, that's not going to be sustainable. Right. Well, I know my purpose, but I have this uh, bitter heart. Well, that's not going to be good for you either. Right? So that's where we're framing out a belief system and mindset and traits. And that's where thankfulness and gratitude are listed there as well.
0: Oh, amazing. Amazing. So as we wrap things up, I had, I'd like to ask my guests about their gratitude practices. So where does gratitude fit into your own life? How are you using it sort of on a daily or weekly basis?
1: Well, it's interesting Um, with all the, I, first of all, I just try to purge any negative news. You have to go to the flip side. So we, I don't watch the news almost ever. Maybe I've watched 30 minutes of uh, network news in the last six months because it's just so putrid. So first of all, you got to guard yourself <clears throat> there. And the other one is, if you get into that cycle, you have to intentionally decide, what is, what is it that I am thankful for? Mm-hmm. Because you so quickly can get into this never, n- uh, negative energy. And even myself, I mean, we all have to do it, right, Julie? Yep. Yeah. So my consciousness is, I, I want to ask myself every day, every week, about what is it that I am thankful for? And one of the things that's in my book is that nothing happens about structure. Well, that chapter is, with permission, based on Marshall Goldsmith's um, uh, reflective grid. Well, in that grid is asking, what are you thankful for every day? And then you rank yourself and said, did I do my best to be thankful or show gratitude in what are the things that are coming my way? Because you so easily can go down the slippery slope on the other side
0: absolutely it is really something i call it a practice because it's something we want to practice every day and remind ourselves to get into that mindset so uh ken i've really really enjoyed our time together there's so much more that i want to ask you and there's so many ways that i want to continue our conversation but in the interest of time and for our guests that are listening and watching where can they continue this conversation with you where do they find you online
1: so they can go to the kenkeys.com site for my speaker site, but as far as all my assessments and tools that support other people, that crgleader.com. Okay. So charlieromeogolfleader.com, and then all the information that we have, like we said, uh, the four million words of content and all the tools and resources are listed there. And anybody can go on anytime, 24/7, take any one of our tools just immediately, just straight. Uh, once they purchase it.
0: Amazing. And you're easy to find on LinkedIn and I love your Twitter feed it is great. If you want something positive on Twitter, I would definitely mm-hmm. follow you. Uh, so really wonderful. Thank you again for this wonderful time together. And I look forward to our future conversations.
1: Thanks for inviting me, Julie. It's been a pleasure. Friend, I sincerely hope you enjoyed this episode of the
0: podcast. Thanks for sticking around right to the end. Are you a friend of this podcast? Would you like to help me grow the podcast? I would love to hear from you. I have created a simple online survey that only takes a couple of minutes to complete. So if you've got a couple moments, I encourage you to check out bit.ly slash WUWG podcast survey. Basically, Wake Up With Gratitude podcast survey. Easy to find. You can also find it through SurveyMonkey. And I would just love to hear from you on what you would do to make this podcast even better. I'll post the link in the show notes as well. And again, it would just mean so much if you would take a couple of minutes to help me to make this podcast even better.